Section 25 of Greece and Rome. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World's Story, Volume 4, Greece and Rome, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 25. When the Ten Thousand Came to the Sea, 400 B.C., by Xenophon. A little more than 400 years before Christ, Cyrus of Persia hired a large number of Greeks to help him subdue some rebels in Pisidia. The march was long, and Pisidia seemed a long way off. At length, they discovered that Cyrus was leading them not against a few rebels, but against his brother, the king of the mighty Persian Empire, in an effort to seize the crown. By this time they were so far into Persia that it was almost as dangerous to try to retreat as to go on, and with Cyrus's promise of high wages they agreed to follow him. In the first important encounter, the Greeks won, but Cyrus was slain. The king did not care to meet them in battle again. He decided to kill their generals by a trick, then let these leaderless men wander away and starve. Xenophon had gone with the army, and at first he was as hopeless as the others. Then he plucked up carriage, put on his best armor, and made a speech to the ten thousand men. He was so sure that they could make their way home that they forgot their fears, chose new generals, Xenophon was one, and set out. Such a retreat was never known. Over plains, up hills, across rivers, through mountain passes deep with snow, they pushed on. Their only guides were men whom they bribed or captured by the way. Sometimes they were allowed by the people of the lands to pass on in peace. Sometimes they were attacked on all sides. The sea, the sea, they said to themselves wistfully, for if they could only come to the water, the rest of the way would be easy. The Editor On the pass that led over the mountains into the plain, the Chalabis, Tauchi, and Phasians were drawn up to oppose their progress. Chirisophus, seeing these enemies in possession of the height, came to a halt, at the distance of about thirty stadia, that he might not approach them while leading the army in a column. He accordingly ordered the other officers to bring up their companies, that the whole force might be formed in line. When the rear guard was come up, he called together the generals and captains and spoke to them as follows. The enemy, as you see, are in possession of the pass over the mountains, and it is proper for us to consider how we may encounter them to the best advantage. It is my opinion, therefore, that we should direct the troops to get their dinner and that we ourselves should hold a council in the meantime whether it is advisable to cross the mountain to-day or to-morrow. It seems best to me, exclaimed Cleanor, to march at once, as soon as we have dined and resumed our arms, against the enemy, for if we waste the present day in an action, the enemy, who are now looking down upon us, will grow bolder, and it is likely that, as their confidence is increased, others will join them in greater numbers. After him, Xenophon said, I am of opinion that if it is necessary to fight, we ought to make our arrangements so as to fight with the greatest advantage, but that if we propose to pass the mountains as easily as possible, we ought to consider how we may incur the fewest wounds and lose the fewest men. The range of hills, as far as we see, extends more than sixty stadia in length, but the people nowhere seem to be watching us except along the line of road and it is therefore better, I think, to endeavor to try to seize unobserved some part of the unguarded range and to get possession of it, if we can, beforehand, than to attack a strong post and men prepared to resist us. For it is far less difficult to march up a steep ascent without fighting than along a level road with enemies on each side. 
and in the night if men are not obliged to fight they can see better what is before them than by day if engaged with enemies while a rough road is easier to the feet to those who are marching without molestation than a smooth one to those who are pelted on the head with missiles nor do i think it at all impracticable for us to steal away for ourselves as we can march by night so as not to be seen and can keep at such a distance from the enemy as to allow no possibility of being heard we seem likely too in my opinion if we make a pretended attack on this point to find the rest of the range still less guarded for the enemy will so much more the probably stay where they are but why should i speak doubtfully about stealing for i hear that you lacedaemonians o teresiphus such of you at least are as of the better class practice stealing from your boyhood and it is not a disgrace but an honor to steal whatever the law does not forbid while in order that you may steal with the utmost dexterity and strive to escape discovery it is appointed by law that if you are caught stealing you are scourged it is now high time for you therefore to give proof of your education and to take care that we may not receive many stripes but i hear that you athenians also rejoined cheresiphus are very clever at stealing the public money though great danger threatens him that steals it and that your best men steal it most if indeed your best men are thought worthy to be your magistrates so it is time for you likewise to give proof of your education i am then ready exclaimed xenophon to march with the rear guard as soon as we have supped to take possession of the hills i have guides too for our light-armed men captured some of the marauders following us by lying in ambush and from them i learn that the mountains are not impassable but are grazed over by goats and oxen so that if we once gain possession of any part of the range there will be tracks also for our baggage cattle i expect also that the enemy will no longer keep their ground when they see us upon a level with them on the heights for they will not now come down to be upon a level with us cheresiphus then said but why should you go and leave the charge of the rear rather send others unless some volunteers present themselves upon this aristonymus of methydria came forward with his heavy-armed men and aristeus of chios and nicomachus of oeda with their light-armed and they made an arrangement that as soon as they should reach the top they should light a number of fires having settled these points they went to dinner and after dinner cheresiphus led forward the whole army ten stadia towards the enemy that he might appear to be fully resolved to march against them on that quarter when they had taken their supper and night came on those appointed for the service went forward and got possession of the hills the other troops rested where they were the enemy when they saw the heights occupied kept watch and burned a number of fires all night as soon as it was day cheresiphus after having offered sacrifice marched forward along the road while those who had gained the heights advanced by the ridge most of the enemy meanwhile stayed at the pass but a part went to meet the troops coming along the heights but before the main bodies came together those on the ridge closed with one another and the greeks had the advantage and put the enemy to flight at the same time the grecian peltasts footnote light-armed soldiers end of footnote ran up from the plain to attack the enemy drawn up to receive them and cheresiphus followed at a quick pace with the heavy-armed men the enemy at the pass however when they saw those above defeated took to flight not many of them were killed but a great number of shields were taken which the greeks by hacking them with their swords rendered useless as soon as they had gained the ascent 
and had sacrificed and erected a trophy they went down into the plain before them and arrived at a number of villages stored with an abundance of excellent provisions from hence they marched five days journey thirty parasangs footnote a parasang is about three and three quarters miles end of footnote to the country of the taoki where provisions began to fail them for the taoki inhabited strong fastnesses in which they laid up all their supplies having at length however arrived at one place which had no city or houses attached to it but in which men and women and a great number of cattle were assembled chirisiphus as soon as he came before it made it the object of an attack and when the first division that assailed it began to be tired another succeeded and then another for it was not possible for them to surround it in a body as there was a river about it when xenophon came up with their rear guard peltas and heavy armed men chirisiphus exclaimed you come seasonably for we must take this place as there are no provisions for the army unless we take it they then deliberated together and xenophon asking what hindered them from taking the place chirisiphus replied the only approach to it is the one which you see but when any of our men attempt to pass along it the enemy roll down stones over yonder impending rock and whoever is struck is treated as you behold and he pointed at the same moment to some of the men who had had their legs and ribs broken but if they expend all their stones rejoined xenophon is there anything else to prevent us from advancing for we see in front of us only a few men but two or three of them armed the space too through which we have to pass under exposure to the stones is as you see only about a hundred and fifty feet in length and of this about a hundred feet is covered with large pine trees in groups against which if the men place themselves what would they suffer either from the flying stones or the rolling ones the remaining part of the space is not above fifty feet over which when the stones cease we must pass at a running pace but said chirisiphus the instant we offer to go to that part covered with trees the stones fly in great numbers that cried xenophon would be the very thing we want for thus they will exhaust their stones the sooner let us then advance if we can to the point whence we shall have but a short way to run and from which we may if we please easily retreat chirisiphus and xenophon with callimachus of parasia one of the captains who had that day the lead of all the other captains of the rear guard then went forward all the rest of the captains remaining out of danger next about seventy of the men advanced under the trees not in a body but one by one each sheltering himself as he could agassius of stymphalus and aristonymus of methydria who were also captains of the rear guard with some others were at the same time standing behind without the trees for it was not safe for more than one company to stand under them callimachus then adopted the following stratagem he ran forward two or three paces from the tree under which he was sheltered and when the stones began to be hurled hastily drew back and at each of his sallies more than ten cartloads of stones were spent agasius observing what callimachus was doing and that the eyes of the whole army were upon him and fearing that he himself might not be the first to enter the place began to advance alone neither calling to aristonymus who was next to him nor to eurylochus of lucia both of whom were his intimate friends nor to any other person and passed by all the rest callimachus seeing him rushing by caught hold of the rim of his shield and at that moment aristonymus of methydria ran past them both and after him eurylochus of lucia 
for all these sought distinction for valor and were rivals to one another and thus in mutual emulation they got possession of the place for when they had once rushed in not a stone was hurled from above but a dreadful spectacle was then to be seen the women flinging their children over the precipice threw themselves after them and the men followed their example aeneas Stymphalus, a captain seeing one of them who had on a rich garment running to throw himself over caught hold of it with intent to stop him but the man dragged him forward and they both went rolling down the rocks together and were killed thus very few prisoners were taken but a great number of oxen asses and sheep hence they advanced seven days journey a distance of fifty parasangs through the country of the chalabis these were the most warlike people of all that they had passed through and came to close combat with them they had linen cuirasses reaching down to the groin and instead of skirts thick cords twisted they had also greaves and helmets and at their girdles a short falchion as large as a spartan crooked dagger with which they cut the throats of all whom they could master and then cutting off their heads carried them away with them they sang and danced when the enemy were likely to see them they carried also a spear of about fifteen cubits in length having one spike footnote about twenty-two feet and a footnote they stayed in their villages till the greeks had passed by when they pursued and perpetually harassed them they had their dwellings in strong places in which they had also laid up their provisions so that the greeks could get nothing from that country but lived upon the cattle which they had taken from the taochi the greeks next arrived at the river harpasus the breadth of which was four plethra footnote about four hundred feet end of footnote hence they proceeded through the territory of the scythini four days journey making twenty parasangs over a level tract until they came to some villages in which they halted three days and collected provisions from this place they advanced four days journey twenty parasangs to a large rich and populous city called gymnius from which the governor of the country sent the greeks a guide to conduct them through a region at war with zone people the guide when he came said that he would take them in five days to a place where they should see the sea if not he would consent to be put to death when as he proceeded he entered the country of their enemies he exhorted them to burn and lay waste the lands whence it was evident that he had come for this very purpose and not from any good will to the greeks on the fifth day they came to the mountain and the name of it was theches when the men who were in the front had mounted the height and looked down upon the sea a great shout proceeded from them and xenophon and the rear guard on hearing it thought that some new enemies were assailing the front for in the rear too the people from the country that they had burned were following them and the rear guard by placing an ambuscade had killed some and taken others prisoners and had captured about twenty shields made of raw ox hides with the hair on but as the noise still increased and drew nearer and as those who came up from time to time kept running at full speed to join those who were continually shouting the cries becoming louder as the men became more numerous it appeared to xenophon that it must be something of very great moment mounting his horse therefore and taking with him lysias and the cavalry he hastened forward to give aid when presently they heard the soldiers shouting the sea the sea and cheering on one another then they all began to run the rear guard as well as the rest and the baggage cattle and horses were put to their speed and when they had all arrived at the top the men embraced one another and their generals and captains with tears in their eyes suddenly whoever it was that suggested it 
the soldiers brought stones and raised a large mound on which they laid a number of raw oxhides staves and shields taken from the enemy the shields the guide himself hacked in pieces and exhorted the rest to do the same soon after the greeks sent away the guide giving him presents from the common stock a horse a silver cup a persian robe and ten derricks footnote about fifty seven dollars end of footnote but he showed most desire for the rings on their fingers and obtained many of them from the soldiers having then pointed out to them a village where they might take up their quarters and the road by which they were to proceed to the macronis when the evening came on he departed pursuing his way during the night end of section twenty five this recording is in the public domain recording by colleen mcmahon